Welcome, and thank you for joining us for today's CME podcast. PrimeMed podcasts are dedicated to providing on-the-go clinicians with pertinent, evidence-based primary care content that won't take too much time out of your busy schedule. Information about CME credits and faculty for today's podcast can be found within this activity's landing page on primemed.com slash podcast. That's pri-med.com slash podcasts. Be sure to also go to this location in order to claim your CME credits after the program. Thank you and enjoy. Hi, this is Dr. Lila Walkover, Associate Professor of Infectious Diseases at Baylor College of Medicine. Thank you for joining me for this episode in my series of podcasts answering your frequently asked questions on the coronavirus. The series will be provide an infectious disease perspective to the questions that you submit. This podcast will be published at PrimeMed. This uh, podcast is going to talk about, um, you know, questions I get asked commonly by my colleagues as well as by my patients is asking what is, uh, means returning to normal. When can we return to activities like we were before? And how are the new workplaces going to adjust to returning to normal? Um, what do we recommend to do this? And this is a great time to do this because several of the states and cities have, um, you know, started um, returning back to the new normal. Restaurants are opening up. Uh, we're seeing, obviously, some difficult times in our political landscapes where the new normal is being challenged. So what do I advise first? Practice um, public health uh, basics. So that means wearing a mask, a mask that protects your nose and your mouth. Not under your nose, not below your neck, but covering your nose and your mouth. That is the best thing. There's been a lot of discussion between closed mask and surgical mask and N95s, and there's had been some retractions um, from Lancet where they compare the surgical mask to the um, closed mask if they were the same protection. Nothing is going to give you 100% protection protection um, like an N95, but uh, what it does when you wear a mask is that you put a physical barrier between your cough and those little droplets and the other person. And then the social distancing of the six feet or the two meters add another advantage and then washing your hands with soap and water or using alcohol based. Those three basic public health measures of wearing a mask, social distancing six feet, and washing your hands are what's going to do the prevention of lowering the transmission rate of this respiratory virus, SARS-CoV-2. And we, we know that because we, we've seen, you know, from, uh, as you call from those films, that the, the cloth mask with the surgical mask is going to minimize the droplets. If you have another person wearing the same barrier, it's the same thing. Never going to be zero, but at least it's going to be better than um, not having anything and being exposed 100%. The other part is that we know this respiratory particles can be carried up to about six feet. There's hasn't been a lot of talk about what we usually call the influenza, the super spreader, those the people that sneeze a lot and carry a lot of the particles. Uh, but uh, we do know that in closed spaces or in places where you project your voice, like singing or talking, or you can actually send those particles more out there. So in those cases, definitely you want to be your six feet. So we talked about 
what you can do, wearing the mask, social distancing, washing your hands. Where are we gonna see the highest mission? We're gonna see the highest transmission in those places that are closed, have poor air circulation, and that um, are not ventilated very well. So what we've seen in the news is places that are closed, like where you have a church service, uh, where there's no air ventilation, everybody's packed in there um, like sardines. Transmission is gonna more, be more easy because the droplets kind of hang in there because there's no air current. We also seen that places where you have uh, singing or projecting your voice, those particles can carry more, and that has to do with the way we, you know, take inhale and we exhale our breath. So. Again, trying to avoid is making sure the air, that the area is well ventilated, that it's not packed. So that's where this 25 to 50% occupancy rate comes in. Sure that there is a good airflow. Those are things that people can do. And those are things that you're seeing in, done by the businesses. Uh, you can see that you go um, to the supermarket, you're gonna see that you have to guarantee your six feet. You also don't wanna pack the place. That's why you weigh outside sometimes. Seeing that in the restaurants where their occupancy is not gonna be 100%, but depending on the city. And you're gonna see that the, you are wearing a mask and your server is wearing a mask. Obviously you have to take off that mask to eat, but um, still um, it's a minimal transmission. And then of course is, is the latest is, is people protesting and the question I, I've been asked is what is the transmission rate? Well the, the transmission rate is still there. I mean it's it, one thing the advantage is that it's outside it's not inside a place. Um, it's uh, you know um, um, it's not inside a place. Uh, I've seen uh, most of the protests uh, are wearing a mask and I've seen places where they are dispensing alcohol for cleaning your hands and trying to maintain as distance as much as possible. So, I mean, it's not a hundred percent, but if you take certain precaution, it is minimal the effect. Are we going to see cases? Um, most likely. We are not at zero transmission rate like New Zealand, so we are definitely going to start uh, seeing cases. So, when, when we will see the cases? Well, probably, you know, incubation is about five to ten days, so we'll probably see them in about a week. You know, peaking around uh, day 10 to 14 if we see an increase. So that's, uh, those are kind of the recommendations of, of kind of being safely navigating your return to normal. The other part that I do is I do clean my workstation uh, with Clorox wipes, Lysol wipes. I, I, I clean my workstation to make sure that, you know, no one had cough and make sure, especially the phone, that is it's, it's clean because that's very close to the mouthpiece to your mouth and that can be a, a way of transmitting, especially if it's wet. Um, I've seen in, in, in places that, uh, that you um, can buy little, uh, I guess, keychains where you push things in order so you avoid minimizing touching the buttons and things like that. And that should be okay, but I think it should not substitute for some good hand washing as usual. So that's the new normal. The new normal will be with us until we have a vaccine, but these are good measures to maintain even during our flu season, um, during our winter, because the respiratory virus that we know will continue to be around, um, maybe not as deadly, hopefully, uh, but if we continue these measures, we will avoid our number of cases of influenza and other respiratory virus. The 
second part uh, of, of this podcast is, um, is another question I get asked is, what do I think of the timeline on understanding immunity as a result? Um, so for that, I will like to direct your attention to um, a viewpoint uh, that uh, was published in um, JAMA on May 6, on 2020, discussing interpreting diagnostic tests for SARS-CoV-2. The reason I point out this is their figure one gives you a very good visual of the variation of diagnosis for detection but it also gives us a visual of understanding how immunity works. When you look at this um, table, you see that uh, the week prior to symptom onsets, um, your detection is gonna be very low. So your nasopharyngeal swab or isolation from the respiratory tract may or may not be positive. It might start picking up. And then it actually gets better detection once the symptoms onset. So that cough, that anosmia, the GI symptoms, the COVID toes, which also have come into that you might have a negative PCR. Um, can be more likely positive. And as, as they peak, the, the PCR will be remain positive, and so it will detect you know, disease at that time, and it can remain positive six weeks, and um, lately I've heard that it can be up to eight weeks. Um, if you do a sputum or a broncholavage, it's about the same time. Now, um, when are we seeing the antibodies? So when are we detecting that immunity starting to see? Our antibodies gonna start, your IgM is gonna start peaking with your IgG around week one and week two. So around probably day seven to 10, it starts going up. It picks up by the time is done at 14. And then your IgM immunity will come down nice and slowly past week six, while your IgG antibody remains the same. That's how the new anti the antibody testing uh, will help. And there is more than 140 of them out there, so you have to be careful because not all of them are testing the right part um, of the SARS-CoV-2 and might have cross-reactivity with other coronaviruses. So, um, for example, I was talking to, to a, a friend of mine where they got one test at one commercial lab of antibodies that was positive. They did another one for another commercial that was negative. And then um, they're, the third one, they're waiting for it. So um, the antibodies is still out there. Uh, we need at least about 10,000 to know which one is very good sensitivity and specificity. Um, also remember, if you have that, it might uh, not be uh, ideal. So that's where we are. now. Do we know how long the immunity lasts? The answer is we don't. Why? I mean, the disease is now in its month five of knowing. Uh, we don't know if it's going to be like a lasting immunity, uh, you know, or is something like, you know, it's going to change over time where you're going to need a vaccine like influenza. So that is a question that it needs still need to be answered. Um, what about reinfection? Well, reinfection is less likely. Uh, there's been a lot of cases and the papers coming out of South Korea do tell us that uh, reinfection is unlikely. What they're, you know, as with the PCR, it picks up viral particles. That doesn't mean that it's live virus. And so it's unlikely at, at this time, but it's something that we have to 
continue to watch. What would happen in 12 months from now? Is that a reinfection? Most, you know, if, if your immunity waxes down, your, your IgM um, become, your IgG becomes very low, then, you know, likely you're not going to have that memory that is going to be helpful for the body to, uh, to remember um, in general. So that's, that's the part where we still have quandary. Um, and so there is a lot of talk about reactivations versus reinfection. Unlikely to be reactivation and reinfection, if you had it once times, we know that you have certain immunity. You know, we don't know how long that immunity is going to last. Um, those are more questions that probably we'll be able to answer in, um, in, the, in the next month. So we don't have what we call that post-infection immunity. Very little evidence, many questions, and hopefully we'll be able to answer. COVID-19 is a fascinating disease. Uh, what we learned in five months is, uh, is astounding compared to what we knew from before. And it's a disease that, you know, will continue giving us a lot of answers and a lot of questions in the time that it comes. So hopefully, um, I've been able to answer two questions for you from, you know, returning to normal, what to do, and what about the immunity. Thank you very much for joining me as I answer your frequently asked questions. I look, I look forward to your feedback and for you joining me on my next podcast on primed.com. Dr. Walt Colburn. My Twitter handle is at DocWalk71. Be safe. Take care. We thank you again for joining PrimeMed for today's podcast. Remember to claim your CME credits for the program on this activity's landing page on primed.com slash podcast. That's pri-med.com slash podcasts. Also, be sure to check out all of our other podcasts and primary care activities on primed.com as well. See you next time.